Well, hey, podcast listener. I'm actually kind of surprised you're here. I'm Spencer, the original and authentic Spencer of Spencer Talks With, which is a new podcast where I talk to pretty much random people about pretty much random topics, all with the goal of having meaningful conversations to make the world revolve around the sun in a way which is just a little bit better than it currently does. Some things to know about Spencer Talks With. It's a new podcast with poor production quality, and it's not really a produced podcast. Rather, it's really recorded mental processing of two or more people talking about something which they're probably unqualified to talk about at a fundamental level. If you're not looking for that, which I totally understand if you're not looking for that, go check out a podcast called On Being with Krista Tippett, which talks with about ideas that are both meaningful and impactful with individuals who are actually credentialed to talk about it. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Go check out On Being. If you do want to listen to these conversations, once again, I'm surprised, but I'm glad you want to stick around. And I also want to invite you to participate in these conversations by leaving a comment, rating or reviewing us, or reaching out to me directly, which you can do by going to spencerfield.me. In this particular conversation, I'm talking with Reed Talando, who is an old high school friend that I haven't seen for years. We decidedly decided pretty much randomly to sit down and have a conversation almost out of the blue and record it. In this particular podcast, you'll hear the topic of cultural roots. What are they? Where are they formed? And do they matter? It's a very long podcast, so I hope you have a lot of popcorn to listen to. In the after show, you'll hear Reed and I talk about where he is on his spiritual journey, how he relates to the idea of God, how that's changed over time and where it's going. I hope you enjoy this podcast. And if you don't, I really don't care because it wasn't designed for you. It was designed to produce uh, a piece of art, which can be thrown out into the world to people who enjoy it. Happy listening. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I we do are currently negotiating a deal for leasing my hat. And right. Thankfully, one of your friends stepped up and recognized right. the beauty. And gonna, so we're having a I'm conversation. Gonna, I'm gonna win that investment. I hope so. All right. So thanks for listening to this round of um, Addison and Spencer have a conversation regarding uh, personal credit. It's an important topic to be talking about. The quick review of what we've talked about so far today is as follows. First, what is personal credit? And why should you care? Well, personal credit is um, twofold. It's a number which represents how likely you are to make a payment um, or or the course of the loan. And it's a portfolio saying how much money you owe to other people, where that money comes from, as well as how much money people are willing to to pay to you. So that's what personal credit is. And it helps large financial institutions make decisions about whether or not they should loan you money. The question of whether or not is important is really answered pretty simply. If you're independently wealthy, probably not super important. Um, If you want to live in a hut in the woods for the rest of your life, also probably not super important. If you want to participate... I would live in a pizza hut. I'm sure you would. Yeah. I think you'd have too much fun in a pizza hut, though. Didn't you get kicked out of a pizza hut once? We don't have to bring that up okay. here on Facebook. Uh, Mom and, might be watching. Yeah, that's fair. And when it comes to uh, looking at the idea um, of participating in the American economy with a standard income job, if you're looking to lease a vehicle or an apartment or um, a building space of some sort, or if you're looking to buy a vehicle or a house where you need credit um, to do that, it is really important to do. And there's a lot of myths um, which say you just should never say yes to credit. The answer to that is no, you should say yes to credit, but it does come with some risks. 
um, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, question number two, what's our experience with credit? So Addison and I talked about a little bit about that. Um, Addison says that he came from a family which didn't talk about personal finance a lot, but when he got into college and majored in finance, he started to unpack some of those ideas and especially um, being the lead lender for an auto group and running a company called Payload Rate, which refinances cars now, has really unpacked that. I came from a background um, where I uh, did talk about personal finance quite a bit, but it was not encouraged so that when I hit uh, my early 20s and started moving towards some of those things which required good credit, there was definitely some zings going on there. Um, in our, in our uh, Addison Snacks Myths section, uh, I'll throw these out, Addison, if you want to give us the, the one sentence or one word answer to this, just to get really quickly. So uh, multiple inquiries hurt my credit, no, jury says. No, shop your credit. You're allowed to do that. Make it happen. All right, next. Um, leave a small balance on your credit card and it'll boost your score. No, you're just going to pay extra in interest, pay them off every single month. Make it happen. All right. Number three, um, lowering my credit limit intentionally will help increase my overall credit score. The exact opposite is true. Increase your limits. However, keep your balances low. Yeah. Credit doesn't matter. We talked about this a second ago, but I'll just bring it back to say credit very definitely does matter um, unless you're in a very unique situation, but it also comes with some risks just because you have a credit uh, line doesn't mean that you should go out on a shopping spree and bunch, buy a bunch of hats. Bad idea. Don't do it. It, right. it comes with risks, but just because it's risky doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Driving is risky, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Be well, careful. drive like you. I've seen it. That's risky. Addison? My Sorry. mom might be watching. Let's All not bring that up. Okay. We're not talking about your pizza. Hut incident. <laughs> All right. Um, deleting items off of my credit report means I don't have to pay them. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're still going to have to pay those. Yeah. And if you're trying to do that, you're scumbag. Just, yeah. just throwing that out there. Hey, come on. Hey, I'll, I'll call it like it is. Right. Uh, if a medical organization reports my debt, they violated HIPAA and I should sue them. Yeah. They Addison, you don't know how to count. And you're the finance guy. Hey, podcast <laughs> world. I'm sitting here with Addison Doyle from Payload Rate. And today we're going to be talking about personal credit, what it is, why it's important, and some ideas on what you can be doing uh, to, to move that on. So let's start off right off the bat, Addison. What is personal credit? Why is it important? Um, and why should we care? Well, I guess, I mean, personal credit is really uh, coming down to what your personal credit profile is. Yeah. So if you look at like a credit score, everybody wants to talk about like this magic number in the sky that yeah, yeah. we don't really know how it's calculated sure and there's a lot of misconceptions for it so basically what that score is essentially going to do for you describing you personally mm -hmm. is how close think of it as a sliding scale yeah one side of it is how close you are to prosperity and the other is essentially how close you are to bankruptcy okay and basically there are two factors that are going to play into that one history 
Yep. Right? What you've been doing, what you haven't been doing. Exactly. Nothing you can do about that except for just time. Yeah. And the other is, well, you have access to money. That's a little bit more controllable for you. So it sounds like um, personal credit came around when we started moving into the digital age and everybody wanted to have access to money. It wasn't a normal thing to have loans for most of human society. Mm -hmm. So we moved into having loans and banks and other institutions had to figure out who they should give money to and who they shouldn't give money to. Mm -hmm. And they had so many requests that they couldn't do it on a person by person basis. So rather they created a thing called a credit score and they use this as a metric to judge whether or not some it's a good investment to allow somebody to borrow money. And mm-hmm. that that credit score then is a number and it runs from what's the low end to what's the high end ish. Well, I've seen scores as low as in the, in the 300s. Okay. It's very rare. Yeah. I don't think it goes much below that. Okay. So 300s ish to 300s ish up to 900. I think the highest rate that I've ever seen was probably like 896. Okay. So it's possible. Yeah. So like in that 900 realm. Then. Yes. Okay. So it's a number between 300 and 900 and it represents according to these institutions, how likely you are to prosper or how likely you are to go bankrupt. Correct. And now I, I do want to say also that there is such thing as a zero score. And some people might yes. say that like, Hey, I'm, which I had a zero score for quite a while. Yeah. You are what is referred to in the industry as a ghost. Oh, so. I thought I was just a jerk. No, no, okay. no, never, never described. Oh, thanks, that. Yeah. Um, I clearly haven't played hockey with him for a while. Yeah. 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 Well, one day. Okay. I'll get you out there. No, yeah. I like my legs intact and my legs. No, your legs are fine. Oh. Teeth overrated. Uh, yeah. Finance scores. I are like way smoothies. More yeah. I, yeah. Smoothies are yeah. good. Yeah. You can smoothie anything. That, that burgers, fries, yeah. smoothie. No. Addison? No? No. Try it. Have you had a smoothie burger? No, I haven't. Good. Yeah. No. All right. Um, back on task, though. Okay. So you, you were saying that um, it definitely impacts the way we look at it. So that's kind of what credit scores are. Why are they important? Why do we care? Why do I care what my number is? Well, for the average... Don't let somebody else define me. (laughs) What are you talking about? For the average American, right, we are kind of a consumerist economy, right? Our economy kind of relies on all of us consuming things, um, big things, expensive things, things that we can't pay all up in front. Now, again, that's not your typical Dave Ramsey advice, right? You shouldn't be uh, taking things out on credit, but... We often do things that aren't best for our financial position. So in well, order to- I also think mm-hmm. that to, there's a side to that, which is it's not maybe unwise to get a mortgage or it oh, may sure, not be unwise to purchase a car. Mm-hmm. And so just because you want to lend doesn't mean that's unwise. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm not, you know, yeah, nor do I think you're saying that. I just want to make that yeah, right. Absolutely. Crystal clear. Um, but at the time when those um, needs come up, you want to make sure that you have a you know a good credit profile. Yep. And notice, I actually say credit profile as opposed to credit score. Okay, what um, is what's the difference? Well, credit score obviously um, says it's kind of one aspect to determine what your credit profile is. Your pro- credit profile uh, encapsulates many things. Your score being one of those. Yeah. So, for example, um, if you have a uh, a nineteen year old, yep, and he comes into a dealership to purchase a vehicle, um, he might have a seven hundred credit score. Yep. Well, how how is that possible? Does that mean he's just going to be able to walk in and get whatever he wants? Uh, no, that's not the case at all. So when people lend or when institutions lend money, mm-hmm. they aren't just looking at the score. Sure. Right. So they want to know, okay, well, what actually made that credit score a 700? Sure. What went into this cake? Right. So he's got maybe a $500 credit limit from Capital One yep. and a Kohl's card. Okay. Are you going to then lend a thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 vehicle on that? Sure. He's got a 700 credit score, right? So it's not always the case. The way that I liken it to is that if you are a freshman in high school, yeah, yeah. 
and maybe you've taken shop, mm-hmm. uh, you've taken uh, home ed, sure. you've taken gym class and recess, and you've got a 4.0 versus a senior who's taken AP Chem, AP Bio, AP Calc, yep. and they've got a 3.6. Yep. Well, one is more likely than the other to get into a good okay. college. So right? it sounds like credit score is not only the number um, which it represents. That's kind of like your grade in school, but it's mm-hmm. also what classes went into making that number. Right. Now, do most lending institutions look at that profile as well, or do they just they look at the do. number? So okay. what I always tell people is that lending is an exceptions-based business. So there's always sure. exceptions to be done. Now, a lot of lenders, they're going to have their, um, you know, their, their basic profile to say like, this is a score that we want. Yep. But quite frankly, you'll say, you'll look at that profile and say, yes, I know that they're um, below our threshold. However, their auto payments are very strong. They make their auto payments on a regular month. basis. Okay. What we're doing is we're lending on an auto payment. So yeah. that's more important to us than medical collection. Got it. So let's move on to why they're important. So we talked about we're in a capitalistic society. Oftentimes we want things we don't have money for right now. Mm-hmm. How does credit score affect me? What is that at the end of the day? What is somebody who's going to have a good credit score going to experience versus mm-hmm. somebody who has a bad credit score? Well, first of all, first and foremost is you're looking at the difference between getting approved or not approved for something. Sure. So whether it's a car loan, whether for a mortgage, yep. a small business loan, yep. whatever it is, is you may not get approved versus somebody else that may get approved. Yeah. Then once you get to that next segment of, okay, you're approved for a loan. Well, now it's the, now you're talking about um, the cost of what that loan will sure. be to you. So from one person to the next, the difference could be literally tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, there are people out there that pay 0% on auto loans uh, or 0.9% versus others that pay, um, really darn near close to 30%. And a lot of people are surprised what? by that. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are in a much higher range, really in that, you know, uh, 12, 16, 18 or higher percent. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's the truth of it. Um, and some people are very shocked to hear that. And others are like, I'm yeah, always I'm surprised that people stand for that. Like, that's really high. That's like, Post-2008, like, 1990s mortgage costs. Well, sure. You know, and a lot of people are kind of upset when they first hear about, like, you mean they're giving out loans at 18%? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, they're, again, we kind of, you alluded to it earlier, is that um, really all credit is is who you should be deciding to lend money to, sure. right? And every, every bank, they have certain uh, customer profiles that they lend money to. So mm-hmm. some are saying, hey, we're just prime lenders, right? If you have a prime credit score, we're going to lend money to you. Of course, their ROI on that money is going to be a lot smaller because they're giving 199s or 299s and so forth. Other lenders are going to say, you know what? We've created this this customer profile that we're going to lend to. It's a bit riskier. And we know that we're going to lose on some of these loans, but we're going to price accordingly. And so we have to give higher interest rates because of it. If that lender um, wasn't there, sure. Then that person wouldn't get it in the market at all. So, I mean, it serves a purpose. Yep. And at the end of the day, I mean, if you're... If you've had hiccups in the past, if yep. you've made mistakes, um, unfortunately, you're, that's deemed as a riskier profile. Yep. It's, you're going to suffer the consequences because of that. Sure. So it sounds like the answer to why credit is important boils down to two things. Number one, it's access to money, whether or not you'll even get approval for the loan, regardless of cost. So will you get approved? Um, and probably it's the approval amount as well, how much you can get approved for. Yeah. And then number two is going to be what you're going to pay for that. So assuming you actually do get approval, what will be the cost of that? Probably boiled out in the interest rate, what will you be paying? Right. So if you want to have access to capital and if you want to have a lower interest rate, then it's important. So if you can live a life, hypothetically speaking, where you don't need access to capital and you don't need to have a low interest rate, so you're independently wealthy, um, then that 
maybe credit isn't as important for you to do. However, it seems like more and more there's different places which are taking credit into account even for like leasing a house or leasing a car where you're not actually having capital extended to you and you and it, it's also like a membership club to get into those games as well well i venture to guess that before you leased this wonderful space here for orange cube group that they probably actually did a credit background check i don't know we'll have to ask hey brian did you maybe, do a credit not. background check we'll tag him and see what he if, says if, if you're not you really should check this guy yeah. just what can i say you know I don't know how much of a loan you took out on that orange hat of yours, but it's probably this, pretty pricey. This, yeah, this is actually orange gold. Yeah, that's what I, I yeah. figured as much. It, which is gold dipped in carrot juice. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't know. That. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, didn't I, didn't, know I noticed your ring wasn't orange gold, so. Mm, okay. Can I say? Um, now, one thing I do actually do want to – I remember when you were kind of like a, you know, a uh, uh, inquiring mind about credit. You know, Sure. And, which was well, all of like, I don't know, what, 13 months ago, something could have like been exactly, that? Yeah, yeah it could just have been exactly like that when you were just like a young little uh, – Whippersnapper? Yeah. Um, I had, we had this conversation I said, well, and, and I think your idea was that like, look, if I don't ever need credit, I shouldn't have to worry about my credit score. Yeah. But the conversation I had with you, if you recall is, look, you might be financially fine now, yeah. you know, um, and you might not have to rely upon things, but we can't always, um, predict what's going to happen in the future. What happens sure. if, um, something out of your control takes place that compromises your health Yep. and all of a sudden your financial situation is going to change but you don't have the credit to fall back on the things that you need. Sure. So it's still, even for people that might be in a healthy financial situation, it's still a good idea at least to prepare yourself in some way to have um, a credit profile to exist other than just being a ghost. Sure. Right. So it sounds like access and amount, cost of capital and a, a bit of insurance yeah. and access to capital. Okay, cool. Any other thoughts you should think we should throw out there about why mm -hmm. credit's important? I think we've got All right. So we're moving on to segment two here, which is what is our personal experience with credit? So I think you um, start to allude to that story a little mm -hmm. bit. And I think we start about that in the, the first segment. But Addison, so you've grown up. I assume you were a child at one point in time. No, I was straight out the womb like this. <sighs> Boy, that's that, weird. That, that's strange. Yeah. Genetics? I, it's a medical or, or, mystery. Or moon it's spacing. It's a medical mystery. Okay. I don't even know. Well, we might but change just our... like Just like this. Wow. I mean, Hair and all. Yeah, height hasn't changed. Yeah, clearly. that's clear. Yeah, right, that hasn't right. changed very much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so tell me, as you kind of grew up, what was when did you first get exposed to credit? How did that yeah. change through your high school, college career? Where are you now? And let's try to keep that like a two minute story. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, probably probably not that hard to do because, like you, Spencer, when I grew up, I actually wasn't exposed to any kind of. Uh, education when it comes to credit and finances. Uh, it was really things that, you know, were not discussed in our household, just finances in general, which I think is a huge uh, mistake. Sure. Right. Um, so, you know, for me, when we're talking about credit itself, it really didn't start until um, until I was in the auto industry um, as a finance manager and being exposed to looking at credit profile after credit profile after credit profile. I mean, when it's all said and done, I've probably seen tens of thousands, if not, you know, hundreds of thousands of that's a different little, credit profiles. That's a ton of credit profiles. It, it's, it's a lot. They haunt me at night, actually. I'm like, they just show up just, like ghosts. Yeah. Oh, wow. Nightmares. You know, sometimes, oh, sometimes I cry in the fetal position, depending on how low that I'm score sorry. is. I'm going to tag a therapist right yeah. now. We'll have a live intervention. All right. That'd be great. Okay. Keep going. I'm um, calling in the troops. <laughs> no, but so, I mean, so really that was it. It's just been my, you know, and then obviously being in the industry and 
uh, talking to people that are you know smarter than myself about it. Um, and then of course your um, you know your interests, you you try to read more and more. Yep. Um, and then you're just seeing life examples, um, you know, and, and knowing okay, so this is these are the consistent patterns that you see for people that have a high a high scores versus mm-hmm. low scores, and then exactly how that translates into loans. Um, that's really been my experience with it. So you got started, didn't really have a lot of conversations about it, moved into it um, in your college years and had to start engaging with it. And then as soon as you moved into your role as a, can you tell us a little about your role, roles in finance a little bit? How, like I know some of that story, but you yeah. started working in finance back. Uh, right. So I was, I was a finance major in, in uh, Michigan State, but, um, you know, all those finance classes were pretty much uh, worthless considering what I actually ended up doing, which is, you know, more personal financing. Yep. But um, you know, so I was a finance manager, um, out of, uh, out of college, uh, for an auto group first in Kentucky, and then moved to, um, a, uh, suburb of Chicago. And what I started doing is basically just helping people get loans for their, um, for their cars. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is negotiation. You're also doing a lot of stuff in the background where you're trying to optimize the profitability for the, for the store, the dealership. Um, and there's kind of, there's actually a delicate dance. You know, a lot of people, they walk into a dealership and they say, Hey, I want this car. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out a lot of cases, maybe they can't get that car. Fair. Um, so you're the one that's in the background trying to make that happen as much as, as close as possible. Yep. And in the cases that, you know, that can't happen, you're trying to, you know, orchestrate a deal where, uh, at least the customer will be happy or satisfied with it. At the same time, you have to maximize that profitability structure for the, for of the course, dealership. which is always a difficult thing to do. Right. Uh, well, my story is very similar. So I grew up in a household, um, which did talk about personal finance quite a bit, but followed, um, what I would say is like a more traditional conservative approach to finance where being in debt was a bad thing, not something particularly to be leveraged. Um, and rather we, uh, Brandon up here, uh, and rather looking at the idea of, of not wanting to go into debt and trying to figure out ways to go around that and saying that credit wasn't important because you only need credit if you wanted to go into debt. Debt was bad. Maybe debt was even sinful. Um, so you didn't want to move into that world. So rather, mm-hmm. uh, you should avoid credit. You shouldn't worry about credit and do activities which focus on building wealth and not being a slave to credit, which, I mean, there's some truth in that, that we don't want to spend more than we make on Absolutely. frivolous things like wise advice, 100%. Um, We don't want to be leveraged too far out on credit. We don't want to have too much risk, wise advice. We want to focus on building wealth and doing activities which build wealth over the course of a life. True advice, absolutely. And that we should be wary of loans um, because they do increase personal risk. And that's fair. Like we should be wise of that. But there wasn't really... um, Tamper, uh, tempering to that advice. It was kind of all out there saying yeah. that no, credit is bad universally. Do not move towards mm-hmm. that. So then when I started to move into my adult life to look at purchasing vehicles, getting a lease, um, purchasing a house, understanding that, wait a minute, um, I do have to engage in this world of uh, money being extended or people checking my credit if I want to participate in the market. Now, I live in Livingston County. Livingston County is ridiculously expensive right now when it comes to real estate. There is Mm -hmm. not reasonable real estate on the market, either to rent or to buy. So if I was looking to go out and purchase, there's no way that I, as a 23-year-old, could have racked up $250,000 sitting in my bank account by now. Well, maybe. Maybe. Um, I Yeah, didn't win the lottery. You didn't spend all your money on Orange hats, yeah, yeah. gold-plated, carrot-driven right. hats. That's, yeah. that's the one that's mistake that you're making. Okay. Yeah. Well, if I hadn't done that, um, then maybe I could have $250,000 sitting in a bank account. If only. Right. If only. Um, so now you're in the position where trying to you know catch up to that game. So I think that several years ago, um, I had conversations with my financial 
planner, Catherine Simpson, if you're watching this and Addison and several other people and try to start saying like, okay, okay, fine. I was wrong. I was wrong. It shouldn't have listened to that advice. I need to understand some of it, come back um, and definitely apply some of it as well um, and moving towards that. So now I'm on the path of having established a credit. I'm no longer a ghost. I'm not haunting you. Yep. 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 No longer going. I got to pinch myself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, For a while there was hard Mm -hmm. to give hugs because Pete Bass was going straight through me. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was real difficult time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Okay. And so now I'm growing my credit um, and putting it in a positive direction. So I think we'll be talking about some of the things I'm doing um, to to grow that credit moving on here. So before we uh, wrap up the segment, let's take a look um, at what we've talked about so far. So Addison came from a place where finance wasn't talked about, became important in college. And then uh, not only did you learn about it in college from a business perspective, you ended up doing it for eight years um, in a personal finance world, leading a finance group at an auto group, and now working in payroll rate, which is all about personal finance and helping people um, with good and bad, bad credit scores to move into a new place with some of theirs. I grew up in a family which did talk about personal finance, thought it was a bad idea um, to borrow money. Credit didn't matter. And so now we're kind of moving past that into our next one. All right. So up next, we're going to play a quick game of true or false. All of them might be false heads up with Addison here uh, to see break up six common myths I that might be out my, there. I wish all my tests have been like this. I can, I can do oh, all of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All your tests were all, like that. Yeah. I wish they were. Well, I mean, going back being, to our earlier. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So when we're talking about credit profiles, it's not only did you take AP bio or, right. or uh phys ed. It's also mm-hmm. really all true or false or fill in the blank questions. Right. Actually I took AP bio did you? In, in high school How'd that go? and um, I had to actually, I had to switch out after the semester because I couldn't stop falling asleep. Wow. I think Dr. Niddle, he was my professor. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. What was his name? Dr. Noodle. He, ne- okay. he never woke me up. He let me sleep. How, could, every, how it, nice. I, 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 I wish I could actually run into the guy now. And just yeah. say, Thank you for letting me sleep in your class. It was amazing. And um, eventually. I had All right. To- so if anybody knows Dr. Niddle from which which class of that? Brighton High School. Brighton High AP School bio. of class of? 05. 05. Yeah. Yep. Hook him up because Addison has to say thank you over here. <laughs> Welcome to True or False Round with Addison Doyle. I'm your host, Spencer Field, and today we're going to be asking Addison six questions regarding personal finance, focusing on the idea of credit scores to see if they're true or false. Bonus points, Addison, if you uh, add some information which we did not know. Are you ready okay. for your first question? I'm ready. I just want do want you to know that there is something on the line. Oh, okay. Yeah. A new hat? A new hat. All right. Yeah. Dipped in carrot gold. All right. On question number one, do multiple inquiries on your credit report cause Mm. a reduction in your credit score? All right. This is a fun one. Okay. This is a fun one. The, uh, the short answer is false. False. All right. False is the answer. The long answer is, uh, it kind of depends. Okay. All right. But, uh, with that being said, so I know everybody kind of worries about, um, you know, if they're going, if they, if they go somewhere and they're going, Oh, are you going to make a hard, inquiry on my credit because like I, I'm I'm really uh, nervous about this inquiry hurting my credit score um, you see that a lot whether you're you know you're shopping for insurance or a cell phone certainly a car uh, mortgages things like that um, and it kind of drives me crazy because this is something that like even industry experts get wrong all yep. the time I get in arguments with uh, you know close friends who actually like should have um, a good knowledge of this and they're just simply wrong so um, according to the ECOA, the Equal Credit Opportunities Act, okay. you have to be allowed to shop for credit. 
you have to be within a certain time frame. Let's say if you're going to purchase a car. Yep. Um, we kind of did this to ourselves, like in the dealership world, we did this to ourselves. So somebody comes into the into the showroom, they want to buy a car, you're going to give them uh, quote payments and things like that. And they're like, okay, well, I'm going to think about it. And I'll come back if I like your deal. And what the dealership say is, hey, uh, don't go to the dealership down the street and have them run your credit because it's going to screw up your credit score. And then I can't uh-huh. give you this same awesome interest rate that you can only get exclusively from us, right? So we kind of, we shot our own selves in the foot. We did it so much for decades that we as industry experts even believe that, but no, according to, again, the ECOA, which is the equal credit opportunity act, you have to be allowed to shop for credit. So you can't just be beholden to one, the very first place that pulls your credit to get your sure. credit or an interest rate. Um, you can have literally uh, 10,000 inquiries yep. within a window of period of time, which is typically maybe about 30 days. Sure. And it's not going to affect your credit score. Now here's the, the reason why that that misconception gets like pushed around as truth is because somebody says, well, I got my credit pulled on this day. And then like a week later, I went and got my credit pulled and my score dropped down to this or on credit karma. It was this. And then I got a pulled and it was this. What people don't realize is that um, bureaus have different versions of themselves. So like oftentimes maybe you went through credit karma and they pull, they have their own aggregate of pulling their credit scores. Yep. Um, And then somebody else pulled a transunion score. Then somebody else pulled an experience score and they're all different and they will always be different. Now, to make things more confusing is that TransUnion has multiple versions of themselves. I think like 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. So somebody might pull one TransUnion score and somebody else is going to pull another TransUnion score. And those scores will be different because they're different versions. Sure. So they might just happen to be lower. One's going to be lower than the other. So people think, oh, man, my credit score drops. Okay. So the answer to that is no with limitations. Or unlimited. Well, it, just yeah. again, if, if you're going to go shop for credit, yep. like shop for credit. Like this is what it's there for. So if, if you're going to get a car and you're worried about all these places, you know, pulling your credit, don't. I mean, sure. you want that competition. So you go want, do it. Shop it. Shop your credit score. Or, yeah. you know, just use Payload Rate and we do all the shopping <laughs> for you. Hashtag a sponsored post. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question. Are you ready? Round two. Get ready. Round two. Um should I be leaving a small balance on my credit card if I want to boost my credit score? Leave a small balance, get a boost. Um, no, no, no. It, that's not going to help boost your score. Done. Um, in any way. Yeah. Um, so if you look at a credit, if you actually look at the bureau, yep. All it will say what your balances and stuff are. But when it comes to your payment, it's just going to say was it paid on time or is it late? And then if it's 30 days late, 60 days, 90 days late, it'll yeah. say that. But if it's on time, that's all it is. You get credit for making your payment on time. It doesn't done. say it was paid with a certain balance on there. Yep. All right, done. Close book. All right. Question number three. Uh, everybody just ears popped because I clapped. Um, should I intentionally lower the level of credit which is extended to me with mm-hmm. the hope of getting a higher credit score? So by saying no to more credit, I could increase my credit score. Okay, so that's um, that's a good one. A lot of people think that if, hey, if, I, have, if I have too much credit extended to me, that's yep. going to hurt my score. And that goes against conventional wisdom, right? So, um, or what I'm going to say goes against conventional wisdom. I do say this with a little bit of hesitation. I'm going to give you some advice, soul. Spencer. Okay. And I, and I just, you have to be very careful okay, with, I'm listening. with this advice. I'm listening. But you can't abuse this. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm listening. People with the highest credit scores yeah. in the high 800s, they have the largest credit limits. Sure. However, they also carry the lowest balances. Sure. 
So they look at how much revolving debt you have extended to you. So if you have a thousand dollars of credit limit, time out, time out. All right, uh, nerd term, nerd alert. Okay, nerd well, alert. I, I, what's nerd alert? I think everybody in Facebook land just, understands everything I just said. Oh, I don't know oh what the problem okay. Is. Well, sorry, it's a dumb person over here with an orange hat on who doesn't. Okay, hold on. Hey, why aren't you wearing sorry, your hat? Sorry, my head was getting yeah. a lot of hot. I mean, oh, I'm hot naturally, okay. and then my right. head was getting hot okay. on top of it. It's worth it though. It looks. You look good. So I feel like I'm dashing. I mean, if I was one of the reindeer, I would obviously be dashing. Yeah, dasher. Dasher? No, Dasher. Dasher. Dashing, you're just changing the Dude, name on it. Yeah. Okay. I can just, do that when I have hats Sure, on. yeah. Okay. Fair um, when you say that term revolving credit, what do you mean by uh, that? Okay, so you have installment credit and you have revolving credit. Just two kinds. Oh, great. So now we have right. double nerd alert. Yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, I did it again. Uh, but it's easy to remember. There's just two, installment or revolving. Installment is our payments that you have to make that stay the same every month. Yep. Like your mortgage, your car payments, yep. student loans. So you have a $300 car payment. Every single month, that's installment. Got it. All right, revolving. Think of like a revolving door that's always changing. Sure. So your credit card payments are revolving because one month your balance might be, you know, $200. The next month it might be $400 or, you know, anywhere in between. Gotcha. So it's revolving. That's your revolving credit. That makes sense. All right. So revolving is it's going to be changing on a regular basis. Installment is it's going to be the same independently all the time. Right. Okay. So going back to the question, should I lower my credit limits? Um, so with your revolving credit, again, so that's yep. mostly your credit cards, the advice that I would actually give, and I don't give this to everybody because people, again, they might abuse those powers is that if sure. you increase your, your limits, um, it will actually increase your score, but that means you have to keep your balance low. So on your bureau, it says, what, is, what percentage is your revolving credit yep. at? So if you have a thousand dollar limit and you have a balance of $500, yep. your revolving credit is at 50%, right? You typically want to keep that yes. about 85% or higher. Okay. So if you have a $500 limit, yep. um, you, it, it, the fastest thing that you can do is simply increase. Um, I'm sorry, if you have a $500 balance and a $1,000 limit. Yep. You want to pay down your balance to get it closer to $200. Yep. Um, or you can increase the sure. limit. Right. Now you have to increase the limit significantly to get them to the right ratio though. Well, not significant. I would. I mean, it depends on what your definition of significant sure. is. But you know, in, in a lot of cases, in most cases, credit cards will allow you to increase your limit every six months. You request a credit limit. Yep. Um, you know, so I, I typically keep my the credit cards that I have. I think I have around maybe a forty thousand dollar limit on there. Sure. But the thing is, is that I'm not rushing out and spending that forty thousand dollars on cool hats. Yeah. Either. Um, so that's the, that's the caveat. That's why you have to be very careful with that advice yep. is yes, you can l increase your limits, but it does you no favors if you go out and spend okay. those limits. So the answer, the short answer to this is no, you should not reduce your limits on your credit, but you should reduce the balance that you carry. Absolutely. Okay. I think that brings us to our next question, um, which is does credit matter at all? I think we talked about this earlier on, but just close the book on it. Leave no well, turn. To so be honest with you, but I'd actually be curious to hear your answer on that because I feel like many moons ago, your yeah. answer would have been like, no, credit does, shouldn't matter. Fortnites. Now, I got Fortnites, yeah. So okay. I want to know what you have to say about this. Fair. So I was definitely somebody who grew up in a world where credit wasn't supposed to matter. Um, it was You were supposed to be able to reach a place where you were wealthy enough. I think that there are, that's true for some people. And I've definitely heard stories of you know 20-somethings like me scrimping and scraping until they were 30, buying their house with cash, 
um, and doing it relatively successfully. I do think um, personal credit is important. And I would um, hearken back to our items that we talked about earlier. Number one, it gets you access to capital, which you should use responsibly, underline the word (laughs) responsibly. But depending on what you want to do in the U.S., um, with costs being as high as they are, you need access to that. Maybe it's not to go purchase the, you know, newest, coolest laptop or uh, an awesome, you know, carrot dipped gold hat, uh, but it may be to uh, get a lease on an apartment or something like that, which shouldn't require the extension of capital, but in our world it does today. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that it also forces financial responsibility. If you are aware of what you're doing with your credit, then you'll probably be more aware of what's going on um, in your world in general. I do think that it is important to have access to a line of credit. Um, I think it's people should also have an emergency fund. So I guess if you burn through your emergency fund and still need to have access to a line of credit, it's, yeah. it's a good thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, like yeah. I said before, is we can't predict the future. And even though you might be in a financially healthy state, sure. at some point in your life, if you have credit that's accessible to you for yeah. when you need it, something that happens, uh, you know, medical emergency. Right. could or, happen, I think is the big question. It here. could happen. Yeah. Or a family member that you might need to help out. Yep. It's always good to have that available to you as sure. opposed to when you need it, now you haven't really built any history for you to have access to something, sure. right? It's too late. That the point. one thing that I would put under, like underline on this is that I know several people who have access to lines of credit and have used that totally irresponsibly. Yes. And I think that's mm-hmm. where credit does go wrong. And that the right. typical like mantra we hear from the, you know, some of the right wing, some of the Christian conservatives, which I was one for a long time, would say that, you know, debt is sinful or unwise in some sense of the word. And I certainly think that unwise use of debt and credit is unwise or sinful in some sense of the word. Um, but we shouldn't put a flat caveat on it and say that in all situations this is bad. Rather, we should take a more tactical approach and say, no, we need to use this wisely. This is a tool, but it does need to be part, at least I think it is um, by definition, part of our modern life here in the U.S. I think one of the well, seven deadly sins is gluttony, right? Sure. So maybe they kind of had that underlying principle that if you're gluttonous with your credit right. and you're using it to buy things that we simply don't need, yep. uh, maybe that's why it can lead to being sinful. And right. Um, I mean, I have seen, Lord knows that I've seen very many gluttonous credit profiles, people that are overextending themselves to what they financially uh, can't really handle. Um, you know, I, I, I remember I, talking with customers that have had three vehicles repossessed and, you know, having a conversation with them trying to purchase a new one. And, and when I say, hey, I can't get you approved because of these three repossessions. Um, you know, they think that they're justified and they say, well, look, there's always a bank that's going to give me, um, give me money and I'm going to let that one go back to, and, you know, just kind of spouting off things like, you know, kind of ignorant things. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're having this conversation about credit and hopefully, you know, a lot of the advice that you give, it kind of goes with that caveat of like, you have to be responsible yep. with whatever kind of responsibilities you take on for yourself. You've got to be responsible for it. Um, you know, it's kind of ironic that me of all people was ever in the car industry because sure. I'm a pretty frugal person when yeah. it comes to money. Which right? I have I, seen on more than one occasion. Hey, you are not far away from me. No, that's, there that's, could, that yeah, could be a pretty good competition. That's fair. So, um, Okay, quick, quick quick competition. Ready? Okay. This week, most frugal thing you've done. Oh my gosh. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if anything stands out because I'm just so consistently frugal. So okay, well, so... of this week, I'll, I'll go first and I'll All let right. you think about okay. it. All right. So, um, l- little known factoid, if you go to Starbucks um, and you bring with you your own mug, mm-hmm. they will shave off 10 cents off of your Starbucks drink. 
So if you go to Starbucks, <laughs> um, get, get get your mug. Second second most frugal thing. Turns out Starbucks has three different sizes, all in some random language that I don't understand. Okay, yeah. um, so the small comes with one tea bag, the medium comes with two, and the large comes with three. So the large is disproportionately more expensive than the medium is. Mm -hmm. And what they're charging you is water essentially. So if you get the medium, you still get two tea bags. Okay. You can drink it and they will mm -hmm. definitely give you free water. So I just saved you a total of 80 cents right there. You did no favors for me, Spencer, because I've already gotten you beat. I get my coffee at Chase I, I, down the street I, I, because knew, it's free. You knew what you were going right? to say. You but, go to Starbucks. Yeah, yeah, I'm going yeah, to Chase. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. For free coffee. At the same time, first, I don't like to poison myself with garbage that, that that's that bad. And hey, you're putting sugar and all that other stuff, but I just drink it black. Mr. As, Addison. As, as a man should drink their coffee. Addison. Addison. Let's what? not Who's, insult my soul. Hmm. I do not put cream and sugar in my coffee. I heard, already heard you talking about sugar and whatever I, Oh, that was in a totally different context. Okay. Smooches right. were involved there. Okay. All right. So moving back on, on track here. So we've kind of All answered right. our question. Does it matter? Absolutely. Is it risky? Definitely can be. Mm -hmm. Use it responsibly. Don't try this at home, folks. Actually, do try this at home. Yeah. Um, next one, five out of six. Are you ready for question number five, Mr. Addison? I'm ready. All right. Question number five reads, um, if I delete an item off of my credit report or have it removed, does that mean I no longer have to pay the debt? If it comes off the credit report, debt's forgiven. Yeah, so that would that would also be false. Ah. Um, unfortunately, yes, you do still have to pay your creditors. So there are there's companies out there that will help uh, remove things off of your credit, and some yep. of them are a little bit on the shady side. Just because they had that removed from your uh, from your bureau and you pay them whatever amount of money, yep. if they're still calling you or requesting that you pay your your debt, um, they can't that can go back on your credit. In any case, just for you know a moral standpoint. My opinion is, is that if, if you agree to pay back a debt, uh, you should pay that debt back. Amen. Yeah. Just stop getting out of it. Um, we have a, a quick commercial break. Okay. Thaddeus Bye. made a comment. Thaddeus says, I went to the Payload Rate Facebook page and there wasn't enough information for me to understand what the company does. Phil us in. All right. So uh, what Payload Rate does is we, we actually have created an online uh, network of lenders that um, allow consumers to basically go there, fill out one application allow them to compete over your current loans. Gotcha. So auto, boat, RV, motorcycles. Um, what we know about competition is that it drives prices down, right? So the competition of all those different lenders actually will drive their interest rates down. Sure. And then you're able to, um, well, you're going to lower your current interest rate on your loans, mm -hmm. lowering your payment, which will save you thousands over your loan. Yep. Over um, the course of the loan. Over the course of the loan. Yep. And everything's online. So it's really easy. You can just do everything in your pajamas, on your couch, and it's really fast. Yep. Um, and, with with um, your Chase coffee in your hand. Yes. If you're, well, you probably had to go there to get, in any case. Um, I, if you're that cheap. Right. So, um, like I said, it's all online. So it's really fast, really uh, easy and convenient. And the idea is that's going to save you thousands over the course of your life. Got it. So, payload rate is the place I need to go if I'm looking to refinance my car. And the reason I want to refinance my car is I want more money. Don't want to be paying the bank all that money. Well, the reason why you want to refinance your loan is because chances are when you first got your loan, you got a bad deal. You got a bad deal yep. or your situation has changed. So one of the best ways to increase your credit score yep. is by making car payments or mortgage payments. The easiest way to easier way to do that is car payments, right? Sure. So if you made 12 payments on your car or, you know, or more, yep. your credit score has increased. There are banks out there that will actually happily give you a better rate based on your higher score today than when you first got that loan. Yep. So instead of making those payments every single month, just for no reason, just right. throwing extra money at the bank, lower your rate, pay less every month on interest. But at the end of the day, the reason I go to pay low rate is because I want to save money on my 
auto loan. Correct. Or other vehicle yep. loan. Carbo, RV, motorcycle. Thanks for joining us for this commercial break. We're moving back to our regularly scheduled program now of uh, Spencer asks Addison true or false questions. Mm-hmm. Addison answers false and then tells us why. <laughs> All right. Final question here in this little segment is a medical organization cannot report a charge to my um, credit account. If they do, they have violated HIPAA, which is rules or laws that violate a medical institution. Right. So one of the most common things you'll see on a bureau are medical collections. Sure. Um, something to be ashamed of. It, like I said, when, when I say it's common, it really is one of the most common things you see. Um, and it's also something that's quite often overlooked mm-hmm. by lending institutions because it is so common. Uh, oftentimes when um, customers find out that it's on their um, um, on their credit bureaus, yep. they spend all kinds of effort and resources trying to say that they're going to sue somebody or, uh, you know, I'm yeah. not sure what. Um, but, uh, yeah, they broke no laws by that. Medical questions are very common. There's nothing to be upset about. Um, you know, other than the fact, hopefully at a certain point, you're able to pay those collections back. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, when you do pay a collection back on your bureau, it's important to know that it, it will be marked then as a paid collection. That collection right. will still it be, will be on your bureau. record for what is it, seven years? You know, and again, that's actually could kind of go under one of those misconceptions. Sure. Um, All right. Misconception number seven, as expressed by yours truly. Well, it, unfortunately, there's I wouldn't say that there's one. Uh, it, there's not one exact timeline to say that something's going to fall off, something's not going to fall off. I'm not really yep. sure that seven year thing has come come about, but uh, you know, I mean, I've seen um, I've seen history as far back as like the early 2000s, um, even today. Yeah, you know, even today. But I'm not really sure. You know, that seven years I think is maybe a general rule, but yeah. it's not a hard exact line. Interesting. So it sounds like seven years is a random number, which makes it easy to have a conversation about, but is not a hard and fast rule. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for playing uh, this round of yeah, Spencer and Status. Uh, we'll have to tally up the score okay. and get back to you. Please okay. um, send in a letter to the board within four to six weeks. All right. So the last segment we're talking about today is the five checklist items to do. So if you're interested or you've decided that you actually want to go do something with this, these are the five things you need to go do after watching our beautiful faces continue to talk for the next about 10 minutes or so. No, Addison, I think, I mean, with this lighting, you You really need a shave. You know, you're just blocking too much of that beauty. Thank you, Addison. I appreciate I think that this helps enhance my beauty. It just makes me shine and radiate charm. You think? I think so. I don't know. At we'll least that's what I tell myself in the mirror every time. Okay. We'll see what your ladies' fans have to say about it. I'm afterwards. sure that there's somebody watching right now who can comment on this. Yeah. Uh, I've getting good comments on my hat. Just, just putting Obviously. Duh. Now the question is, do my beard cool match hat my hat? Ever. Duh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so last couple of five steps here. Um, first one I have, and then if you want to take the second one. So okay. number one is go pull a credit report. Um, we'll put a link in the live stream here, and you can also um, go to the FTC, which is the Federal Trade Commission. Yes? Yep. Yep. And sounds right. I, I think that sounds right. And you can download it there. The idea behind that um, is this will show you all of the different information regarding your credit. Um, it will let you see what your current credit score is and what's really affecting that. Um Underlying note here is that there are many, many uh, organizations which are trying to get you to fill out a credit report with them and then charge you for it. So you have the right. There's a law in place that you get to pull at least one free credit report a year. I think it might be up to three um, through the Federal Trade Commission site. There's a link to do that. So number one, get informed, go pull your credit report, see what's going on, see what your current credit is. All right. That's number one. Number two, Addison, what should we be doing? So evaluate your credit card situation. We kind of talked about this before, but 
Uh, your credit card situation is one of the easiest things that you have control over um, outside of your history to kind of uh, help shape your credit score. Uh, so again, look at one thing you don't want to do is just have a ton of credit or a ton of credit cards out there. So every time you go shopping at guests and the gap and, you know, Victoria's Secret, I know you frequent there oh, a lot. all the time. I right. mean, with a beard like this, who right. can't? Right. Um, you know, you want to make sure that we don't, you know, I know those 10% off deals are very, very tempting, but we want to keep those things to a minimum, two sure. or three credit cards, and then just establishing a long history on those. Um, and then again, making sure that those balances are paid off or um, or as low as possible. Yep. I know it might be very hopeful to say, hey, pay off your credit card balances every single month. Sure. But I mean, obviously, that would be my advice. Um, make well, sure that I don't know that that is as obvious as you make it sound because I think okay. you, you said that earlier. But I think the, the common wisdom or what is often published is to keep a balance running mm-hmm. and that the balance running. So I think that's a myth which you broke. Sure. And we should maybe underline that again here, yeah. saying just pay off your balance, just stop carrying stuff. Absolutely. In fact, you know, if you're if you're first starting out, one of the um, key pieces of advice that I give somebody is take out a credit card. Yep. And until you actually trust how responsible you might be, um, cut it up, cut up that credit card, put it in a sock drawer. Don't even use it. Yeah. You're, no, like if you never even made a purchase on it, every single month will still show that you paid it on time. Ah, It'll be the same thing. I have a credit card. I'll be chopping up on the way home today. There you go. There you go. What does that say? Uh, Tanya has a question. What about a 0%? Aren't there catches and clauses to be aware of? Ah, what a question. That's a good thing to so be aware of. So I think she's referring to 0% interest rate on car loans. Yep. Or 0% when you purchase a, uh, something from Best Buy, they'll say 0% financing for the first couple of months. Well, I mean, it's with, uh, I mean, there's always a cost to everything. So yep. I know like with car loans, for example, if you, you have a, you get a rebate, um, on a vehicle and those rebates are, you know, might be, uh, uh, you know, a few different rebates built into one. Mm-hmm. Um, and what those 0% or 0.9% rates are, those are called subvented rates. So you're actually forfeiting some of those rebates in order to get the lower interest rate. Got it. So, uh, for example, when my mom purchased a vehicle, she had, she has really good credit. Mm-hmm. Um, she on her own through any bank would have easily handed her a 1.99 interest rate. Yep. Or she could have forfeited a uh, thousand or fifteen hundred dollars in rebates to subvent that rate mm-hmm. by the manufacturer, where she can then get a zero percent or 0.9 percent. When you actually look at the math, she would have actually she would have saved. Um, see if we're going to word this right. Um, she would have paid less interest on that one point nine nine on her mm-hmm. balance than what the rebate was being taken away from her. Okay. So it actually made more sense for her to pocket the thousand dollar rebate yep. and just pay the one point nine nine. Yep. Which would have been maybe seven or eight hundred dollars in interest. Yep. And um as opposed you know, so that's what that's what she did. Right. So good move. You know use Excel. Good job, yeah. math. Um <laughs> so that I think the flip side to that or the other possible is the zero percent when it comes to financing things like furniture or technology that I think is often floating around there. Um, oftentimes there's a limit on how long that zero percent financing happens. And if you don't fully pay it off by the time um that 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 zero percent runs out, you get hit with a absolutely titanic interest rate. I was reading um, my credit card information and there was, I think it was something between an 18 and a 27% monthly mm-hmm. interest rate or something along those lines if you don't pay it off. So if you're looking at doing one of those 0% financing on some sort of technology or furniture or some other big purchasing, read the fine print and do your math because you could definitely get dope smacked if you do that wrong. 
Yeah, Tanya says she's referring to credit cards anyway, so I think she, you were more up that uh, that alley and answering I got the you. question. I got the wavelength. Tanya and I got the hats. Glad you were here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, glad, glad Tanya was here. All right. Um, so moving on to our next recommendation uh, for the five things you should do for your credit uh, report. Oh, and one thing we talked about in credit when you're evaluating your credit situation is call and ask for an increase. Oftentimes, if you have been there for six months with no increase, have been paying diligently, they'll give you an increase or at least consider it. So call and ask for an increase. All right. Um, next one is to evaluate your debt to income ratio. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this earlier, is that if you're somebody who is in massive debt um, then or you have lots of and you have credit, you need to evaluate that where that looks like. So when you're going out and applying for more credit or a mortgage, um, that it is not for, uh, is not overlooked how much debt you have. Now, I know when I brought this up earlier, um, you said a couple of things. So first, pay down your balances, mm-hmm. wherever you have them, just pay them down, put the money on it, pay them down, pay them down to zero. Um, next, if you have anything in collections, pay that off. Yep. Um, make that clean that up. And that will show that on your credit report as paid off, it will not drop it off your report. It could be there for, we said up to 18 years is what Addison seems so far. Maybe we'll, well, I, I'm not you know, Okay, it can be there for a while, yeah. whatever it is. That's, that's probably yeah. the scientific idea. Sure, it could be there, yeah. I, I think, yeah, most scientists. So talking right. to a scientist the other day, he said, the thing we say in the, the lab most often is, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, how scientific of you. I think we probably say that same thing looking at credit bureaus. Yeah, I bet, yeah. I, yeah. There's probably some more expletives on the end right. of that. And then you said refinance. Um, so when you have debt, oftentimes that debt's been sitting around for a while, your credit score has improved or the market may have changed. So you should consider looking at refinancing um, the options that you have. If it's something small like furniture or technology, it's probably not worth refinancing. Just go pay it off. Um, probably the best way to do it, unless you have a lot of that, yeah. then consider. You shouldn't have to, yeah, you know, finance a living room table. You shouldn't, but I know people who have bought a house and financed a house full of furniture, um, sure. and okay. then yeah. there went forty k. So yeah. the one note I've heard, um, some good advice here is if you are a person who has racked up a lot of credit card debt, consolidating that all into one loan for one mm-hmm. um, one rate can make sense mathematically. Yeah, absolutely, do the math, see if it works. Um, and then the other, so if you have obviously a vehicle, just head over to pay low rates um, and look at refinancing that vehicle. I think that's something people overlook. Or if you have um, a house, obviously you can refinance your mortgage. It's a relatively standard thing to do. If you have equity building in that house, um, the market has changed over the course, especially if you haven't refinanced in the last 10 years, go do that right now. Um, another thing to point out too yeah. is that you know a lot of times people, misconception might be if I refinance a mortgage or I refinance my car, what that means is that I'm starting over again. Yep. Yeah, I might have a lower payment, but then I have to like, you know, I'm paying another 48, 60, 72 months. Sure. I, clearly, you'd want to make sure that you're um, keeping your term the same. That's typically right. what we do at payload rate. Or in a lot of cases, customers actually lower how much term they have left. Yep. So the length of that loan. So don't think just because you're refinancing it that you have to start all over. Sure. In often cases, people actually pay off their loans faster. Right. Able to because they have term. yeah less than less interest, meaning that money can go to paying off the principal and not the actual interest. Well, instead, if there's 48 months remaining on it, you yeah. can keep it at 48 months remaining and still have a lower payment because your rate is lower. Exactly. Okay. So I know in our pre-show note-taking, which took all of, I don't know, um, 72 seconds to put together, something like 75. that? 75. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Rounded up. We're on this side of the equator. Right. Um, you had made a different a note that in this section, we should revisit the idea of revolving versus installment credit and say that um, we need to evaluate debt to income ratios differently when it comes to those. Can you unpack that idea a little bit? Well, I think we kind of dove into it pretty much um, earlier on. But just remind us of it. I mean, but with debt to income, we'll talk more specifically about like what that actually is. So debt uh, to income ratios matter because no matter how good your credit score is, um, if your debt to income ratio is kind of out of whack, 
for what a lot of lenders look for. They, yep. It's oftentimes just a hard decline. So, you know, typically in order to get a, you know, an auto loan, you want to be around, you know, no more than probably 50%. Obviously there are some exceptions, but some lenders will cut you off at 40%. Yep. Some are 50 and some are 60. So the easy way to kind of do that math is to where, where you are looking at mm-hmm. or how you look as far as your debt to income ratio go is add up your installment debt, which is your, you know, your mortgage, uh, your car payments, and you know student loans or other debts that you just have to pay the same every single month. Yeah. Um, and divide that by your by your monthly income before taxes. Yep. And that will get you installment debt to ratio. Uh, yes. And oftentimes lenders go based off just your installment, not your revolving, revolving. because your revolving is which would make sense changing. Yep. Right. On a regular basis. And okay. Um. So the next item that we have, we have two items uh, left. Is consider the impacts of a loan or a lease on your vehicle. Oftentimes it is said that the fastest way to move from bad credit to better credit is to lease a vehicle. Obviously you don't need to go lease a vehicle just to get better credit. Like that's a bad idea. Spending, you know, however many hundreds of dollars a month on leasing a vehicle just to raise your credit is probably a terrible idea. Um, when you say lease, you mean lease or take a loan for a vehicle. Yeah, yeah, sure. Lease or take a loan. Or I've also heard um, people talk about taking a credit uh, credit bearing loan. So you go take out a loan from your institution, um, pay that loan back or have that loan actually backed with capital that you already have, take a very low interest rate on it. Mm-hmm. and But essentially then you're paying to have a loan that you don't actually use the money on. So you're essentially paying to increase your, your credit score through having a loan. It's not always a good idea and it can be an absolute terrible idea depending on what the, the terms of the loan are, but you should be aware of those and consider them when doing your your math crunching um, to look at how that they would Im- impact um, your numbers. So maybe if you're looking at buying a vehicle and leasing a vehicle, you've done all the numbers. It's important to do all the numbers. They're 50-50 and you want to increase your credit score. All things being held equal, loan might be better than just buying a vehicle um, right off the bat or leasing it. Mm-hmm. All right, awesome. Um, last section on what would be our core ideas to increase mm-hmm. our our uh, credit right off the bat. So this was probably the, the biggest, most important reason, right? Just making sure that everything gets paid on time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm supposed to pay things on time? Um, you should pay things and also pay them on time. Whoa, whoa. We talked about earlier to, paying yeah. things and now I'm supposed to pay them on time? And also on Get time. Get your moral hands off me, I'm just, Addison. I'm just, what is I've this heard, nonsense? That's what I've been told is like the right thing to do. Back down. I, I, don't shoot the messenger. Okay. I'm just saying Somebody well, something said, I've heard. My friend said. Yeah. Okay. It, but it really, you know, we joke about it, but it is important um, because sometimes we we're forgetful people. We have a lot of things going on yep. in our lives, right? So we think, oh my gosh, um, I completely forgot to pay this bill. Now I will say this: just because you're late, that does not mean that it's going to go. It's not going to affect your credit score. So I actually, let me, we can pump the brakes just a little bit here. Um, if you if you're late, you'll probably have a late payment fee. Yep. Some like some mortgage companies and auto lenders actually have grace periods, which is awesome. Um, but you're not going to have an, an adverse effect on your score until you're at least 30 days late. So you still have gotcha. time. Don't wait those full 30 days, but just know like, hey, I forgot it this week. My whole life is going to come crashing, crashing down. down. I've been working That's on it for six case. months. I'm done. Yeah, you're fine. Go ahead and make that. You're, like I said, you might have a little late payment fee, yep. but it's not going to affect your score yet. But let's make sure, you know, we get those, uh, I, I think the best thing you can do is uh, have those automatic payments set up so that you know, you even if you forget those payments will get there on time. Yep. Um, Which is what I do because I took out my first credit card, missed the first payment by like three days or something. Thankfully I had a grace period and it didn't affect my credit card, but it wasn't, I, well, I think it was because I'm not a lazy bum, but I just forgot and I got busy and I got, had a reminder, but I missed it and life happens. That's 
to, to us all. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Edison. So that's what I think we've talked about so far. Um, before we do an official wrap of everything that we talked about, I will run back through the notes I've been taking. Any last comments, questions, or opinions you throw out there? Also, Tanya asked us a question regarding payday loans. Uh, Tanya says... Let's go find her question real quick here. She said, what about those payday loans? Aren't they wonderful? Question mark, exclamation, question mark, exclamation. I've heard there's no limits to an increased rate. You can be charged up to 300% or title loans. Can you guys talk about that? So um, I'll be really quick on this because I could talk about these for ages. Yeah. These are very- Don't get too red-faced, by the way. The camera I'll, can't I'll try not it. to. Yeah. These are very predatorial um, loans that you'll find. Mm-hmm. Um, so- whether you know, predatorial means they're taking advantage of you, by the way. Yes. So in a lot of cases, like if you were to go to a buy here, pay here lot, that yep. means that that's a dealership that is actually their own bank as well. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, lenders will have certain guidelines that you can't borrow more on a vehicle than what the vehicle is worth. Sure. Uh, buy here, pay here loans. They don't care about that stuff. So they might give you a car. They're going to lend you uh, 200% than what the car is worth. That mm-hmm. means that you can't trade out of that or you're um, stuck. You can't sell it or anything like that. And your interest rates are super, super high. I I don't know about 300%, but um, I've definitely seen them 30 to maybe even 80%. um, I have seen them that high. So the dealer um, is just raking in all kinds of profits on this. Mm -hmm. And even if you get a better credit score where you can go to a traditional dealership, you're so upside down on that vehicle, you're not going to be able to get out of it. So what ends up happening is that a lot of, and the cars are also, uh, not in the best condition. Sure. I'll say that. So if there's a mechanical issue, um, people you're stuck. Can't, Sorry. Right? Now you got to make a decision. Are you going to fix the car? You're going to make your payment. Right. So if you make your miss your payment, I'm sure there's a massive penalty involved in there somewhere. Oftentimes a massive penalty. Um, and a lot of them have these you know, devices that will actually shut your car off. Oh. So until you make that payment, that's handy. Right. I so think. now it's great for them because they've already you know gotten return on their investment. Yeah. Um, tenfold. They'll just go and pick up the car and sell it to somebody else. Yep. So it's a, it's a very vicious cycle to find themselves in. So, yeah, like uh, title loans. That, yeah. um, I'll, know, take pay. I'll take payday loans. So payday loans. Mm-hmm. No, 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 go ahead. Right. Uh, so payday loans are the idea of you need money before your paycheck comes in. So you can go to a payday loan and say, listen, I'm going to make this much money. I want you to advance that much money to me. Say it's you know $1,000 every two weeks. They'll advance the money to you for a fee of some sort or not. So first, the, it's really interesting. If you do a zip code analysis of where payday loans are within the U.S., they are in the lowest income zip codes, hands down, almost bar none. Uh, the uh, Interesting idea. Well, here's why. Because it's a terrible deal. The yep. amount that they charge you to advance you that sum of money is insane. So there are situations where maybe there's an emergency or something's happening um, where it could potentially make sense to do. But overall, it is a terrible, wretched investment. It is absolutely ridiculous. You could just shred money. If you want to avoid doing this, you have to be a little responsible beforehand, skip the Starbucks and go for the Chase Coffee and stash away an emergency fund, maybe five grand or a grand somewhere so that when this type of thing comes up, you have some money to fall back on and you don't have to go to the payday loan and pay this ridiculous amount of money. I did uh, read an article recently that there are several chains of payday loans which are being investigated for breaking federal law because they charge such a high Mm -hmm. level of interest rate. So overall, title loans, say no. Um, When it comes to uh, payday loans, just pull a Nancy Reagan and just say no. (laughs) All right, Essen, 
Addison wrap up time, then I'll go through the notes. Last thoughts, opinions, questions, comments, concerns, snarky, snarky items are are encouraged. Well, you know, I don't know if I have any of that. I would just simply say there's a lot of misinformation when it comes up to credit. It Amen. is a very, very confusing topic. Yep. Uh, you can't always trust, you know, your friends or your friends of friends on what they, you know, think that you should do. Yep. Um, so make sure whatever it is that you're doing, you're seeking out, you know, professional advice. Cause even then it's, it's hard to make sure that it's, it's true and accurate, but just make your payments on time. You know? Please. And don't, and, and don't max out your credit cards on gold, orange hats. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to Addison and I chat. Addison's gone and we're working on the editing here um, over at the office. If you have any thoughts or questions on what Addison and I talked about today, we're always ready to engage with uh, your opinions. Maybe we'll agree with them or maybe we won't. Feel free to drop me a comment uh, over at spencerfield.me and you can find Addison by going to Rate. Just Google it up and you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the website. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time.